Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. That's really loud. Okay. I don't know if we are actually <laughs> being connected on Block Talk Radio or not, so forgive the fact that we uh, didn't set this up in advance like we should have. We did, but this isn't working. Okay. So something's going wrong here, but you can still, if you wish then, if you wish to have questions for us, and if, if Blog Talk's not working for us right now, then go to the Facebook page and start typing your questions in there. And the, the Facebook page would be, which Facebook page is it? So it's marriagehelper.com slash face, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's facebook.com slash marriagehelper. And marriagehelper, one word. Mm-hmm. So facebook.com slash marriagehelper and all in one word. And you can find us there and you can be watching us as we do this live. And hopefully you can actually hear us there. And, and while we're trying to figure out the, uh, the blog talk radio problem here, so we can actually take your questions live on air. If in the meantime, if you will, please just start typing your questions there and we'll do our best we can to answer the questions for you. Now, let me just talk about a thing or two while we're trying to work out all these technical issues here. And one would be this. It's the holiday season. And we understand that that adds to the stress in all kinds of ways because of the fact that you're making preparation for special meals, perhaps, special times for your family to be together, other things that you want to occur. And if you're having marriage difficulties, sometimes they can be exacerbated by the season. And we understand that. And so one thing we would encourage you to do, if you possibly can, is try to be as calm as you can through this holiday which means it may mean that with the hectic things that go on during the, the Thanksgiving slash Christmas slash New Year's Eve and New Year's Day period there, um, sometimes you just need to take a little time for yourself. And, and if you need to do that, please don't feel guilty that you do. Now, some people do that by just going shopping, and that helps them. Some people get more stressed out if they go shopping, and so that doesn't help them. It may mean that you might want to go to a grocery store or Target or wherever you shop and get yourself some of these bubble baths or oils that go in the bath water. And, and sometimes just taking time where you sell the whole world, my cell phone's off, I'm not going to answer the telephone, and please don't knock on my door. I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to run some nice water, I'm going to put the oils or whatever else that you might use in there, and I'm just going to sit there, sit there in that and just relax for a while. Now, if you do that, that's not something you should feel guilty about. As a matter of fact, it may be a good idea if you make time for yourself to do those kinds of things, even if everybody's clamoring for this and clamoring for that. And if you decide to do that, if you decide, for example, to take that warm bath with the oils and so forth and so on, may I suggest that you do not allow yourself to think about your problems? Now, I know that's very difficult to do, and it's easier to say than to, make, than to make happen. But to do that, maybe you turn on some soft music, 
Now, be careful about having a radio next to the tub because if it falls in and you don't have one of those um, fault things that will turn it off, you can wind up dead. Don't, don't do that. But find some soft music. Find something that you can think about. Concentrate on the good. Concentrate on the positive. Concentrate on, on things that cannot lead to negative and stressful feelings within you, but where you can actually relax. Now, again, some people won't do that because, well, things are so hectic and so stressful. So many people counting on me. But Please, please take time for yourself. Mm, that's great advice, Joe. Great timely advice as we're entering into the holiday season. We have a ton of people who are calling and listening. Remember, if you have a question and you want to speak to Dr. Beam, then please press 1. When you press 1, it notifies our team and the back offices that you have a question so that they know to talk to you and put you in the queue. Otherwise, if you just want to listen, you don't have to press 1. You can sit there and continue to listen. If you're watching on Facebook, we have a ton of watchers, and we have some people who started asking questions on Facebook, which we'll get to in just a minute. But if you want to call and talk to Dr. Beam, then we'll put that number up on the screen now. But just again, it is 657-383-0812, and press the number 1 after you call, and it puts you in the queue to be able to speak with us. Yes, and we will give preference to the people that actually want to talk to us as opposed to the people who write your questions. Now. We will, yes. Thank mm -hmm. you for mentioning that. All right, so the first question we have is, a person on Facebook says, if my husband has rejected going to the Marriage Helper Workshop once, how do I bring it back up to him again and suggest that we attend? The difficulty we have when we have written questions is that I have a lot of questions back to you. Mm -hmm. Because I'd like to know, well, how did you bring it up the first time? And did he reject it just by saying no? Or was he vehemently rejected it like, oh, no, don't you ever bring that back up to me again? Mm -hmm. If you ask in such a way that, that it was a calm ask and, and the answer, the response of no was a calm response, then that makes it a whole lot easier to bring it up again in the appropriate situation later. But remember, we suggest that if you're asking your spouse to come to the workshop, that you don't ask him or her to come to salvage the marriage if he or she is the one wanting out of the marriage. They're saying, no, I want to divorce you, but I don't want to be here anymore. Then saying, well, let's go look at this and see if we can save the marriage. They're probably going to reject you out of hand because they've already told you, I want out of the marriage. And so the better way to ask is to put it in the context of, will you do something for me? I realize you might be angry with me. I realize you may feel like you're in love with me anymore, but I'm asking you to do something for me. Well, we go to the workshop because even if we wind up divorced, which is what you say that you want, there's some things that I need to learn, and they won't let me come alone. And maybe some things that you will learn as well about relationships, that even if you decide to continue the divorce, even if you decide not to be married to me anymore, there are benefits that we can gain from this to help us, if not in this relationship, in relationships to come. Now, I'm not saying that you should be deceitful. I mean, you probably already made it very clear that you'd like to save the marriage if you possibly can. But you understand that people act on their own motives, not yours. And so if his or her motive is to be away from you, then you can't try to change, well, you can try, but you won't change their motives. And so therefore saying, let's save the marriage, and that's not motivated them, that's not going to work. And so you look for what's important to them. And so, for example, suppose they still love and care about children if you have them. Then you can say, this is a marriage workshop. It is not a parenting workshop. Because you don't want to mislead them if you feel that they're going to but here's a marriage workshop that everything we talk about has to do with relationships. And I have been told by other people who have been there, if it needs to have, or I've been told by Dr. Bean on the videos, or I've been told by the people at the marriage helper that I talked to on the phone, that while it is a marriage workshop, and 
we're not going to try to disguise it by pretending it's something else. While it is a marriage workshop, everything they talk about has to do with relationships. And every principle they talk about is applicable to how we deal with children. And so, you know, we hopefully will still parent our children. It's not directly co-parenting, at least individually, we're going to be with our children. And every principle they talk about works for that as well. So you can say, please go for me because I need closure. Please go for me because I want to know how to deal with the next relationship. Please go because of the fact that we will learn things that will work with our children. And will you go with me for that reason? That's the way you want to do it. Look for whatever is the motivation that they may have. Like they want to help you out or they want to be a better parent. That kind of thing. Now, if they've been adamant with their no, like don't ever bring it up again, then I don't know that I would. At least not directly. And if you're going to ask in any fashion or form, look for the right time, the opportune time. When the discussion would naturally open it up where you can ask that without appearing to be manipulative or controlling or demanding. Okay. That's great. Joe, we have our first caller on the line. Let okay. me make sure we can get it all right. All right. John from Pennsylvania is our first caller. John, can you hear us okay? Yep, I can hear you okay. Well, let me turn my mic my, your phones down a little bit. Okay. All right. How um, can we help you, John? Oh, sorry about that. No, it's not your fault. Sorry, I just kind of had you guys on speaker. No, okay. All right. All what right. can we do? Um, well, uh, may, may I call you guys Joe and Kimberly? If you will. Absolutely. Just don't call me Kim. Okay. As long as it's Kimberly, you're good. All right. So, Joe and Kim, um, I've been on the marriage help Kimberly. website. I, I, oh, sorry. Darn it. <laughs> you're totally Joe fine. It's a, you're Joe totally fine, John. Keep going. All right. So, what's the um, question? <laughs> My question is, I know that you can't tell us what to do, obviously, because we have your own choices and actions, and I've heard enough shows that that disclaimer is prevalent. Um, I was wondering if you could give me some advice. My wife asked me for divorce on November 3rd, um, mm-hmm. one month ago. She said she's been unhappy for the last few years, and me, looking back, I, I know that she's been unhappy for, for a few years now. And I've made, she said I made her, her our, we have two kids. We've been married seven years, together nine years, like dating nine years, um, met in college. Um, we have a five-year-old son and a six-month-old daughter. Apparently, I made both marriages horrible, and I understand why, because I, was, I wasn't mature, I was irresponsible, and I basically let her do everything, and I was being a lazy butthead. That being said, when she asked me for a divorce on Saturday, November 3rd, that next week, I realized, shit, I have to change. I have to be the mature adult parent that I'm supposed to be. So I stepped up, I changed, and I worked on, you know, being helpful, doing everything that she had asked me to do, everything that she had, not basically everything around the house that she had asked me to do. Um, mm-hmm. There were some other things that I that she never said explicitly, but I can tell now that that's stuff that bothers her. Um, stuff like anger issues, like I would, mm-hmm. we would, we would, we would yell, I would yell a lot, and then for her, okay. I guess it's. It's scary for her when I'm angry and instead of me like 
actually kind of process it correctly with just emotions and just talking about it, I would crack my knuckles or I would punch a door sill just to let it out. I now realize that that just makes me scared. Okay. Um, so how did that help you today, John? Sorry. So that, so that following weekend, I found out that she was having an emotional affair with her boss, who she works with on okay. a daily basis. Um, I can I consider it an emotional affair because one, she's using a secret email address, and two, she said that he and her both have strong feelings for each other. He's married, has two kids, and he hasn't told his wife about it. And and when when she, apparently and um, she mm-hmm. and I said that you know you know and because apparently he wanted to tell her because he feels it's unfair that three of us know right. and not her. Okay, I understand um, that. So how, how can we help you, my friend? What can we do for you? Okay, what I need to know is I found out this week. Uh, so on Friday, I called her at her office because I was snooping on, on her phone like everyone on, on the face, on the Save Our Marriage Facebook group and everywhere that you wrote, Joe, said not to. And I did because of my morbid curiosity and my stupidity. Mm-hmm. And so I I... Let my imagination run crazy, and um, I called okay, her on so the phone. Can, and so, what can we sorry? do for you today? So, how can we help you? What, what is, what's your question? Okay, I asked her to go to the workshop with me. This is I asked her three times now. She said no. She said she'll go somewhere closer for counseling on how to do co-parenting. And I said, you know, that might be helpful, but I don't want to do that. I want to go to the workshop. And then I told her about how it would be good for co-parenting and all that, but she doesn't want to go. Right. And I, I've, I've, we also talked, when we talked and she admitted that the emotional affair, she said I was just talking and I said, Hey, I asked her to please stop. She said, no, cause she, this is a friendship that she wants to continue to talk to. So, you know, someone in the same situation. So I asked, okay, fine. No physical contact because apparently they had been hugging and holding hands and she had kissed him on the cheek. I said, no physical contact. She said, fine, she, she will hold to that rule because apparently they were going to hold to that rule anyway because they were, their feelings were getting too strong. But right now, now, now I know that – so my question right now is I know that I need to set up boundaries with her, but I have no idea how to do it without driving her away because I know that right now she is planning on meeting up with him somewhere to take this affair from emotional to physical, and I don't know how to set up, set up a boundary without being – vindictive or, or being seen as vindictive. I just want her to snap out of it. I looked up inter- interventions and I was thinking maybe I should do an intervention because it's so new. But I, I don't know what I should do. Boundaries, um, intervention. I, I just want her to snap awake and say, hey, we have kids. We have young kids. Divorce, no matter how yeah. resilient kids are, divorce is devastating. Well, I understand that. So, but you do understand. I don't know. Intervention, workshop. Sorry? Right. You cannot control her behavior. If you try to control her, then, then negative things are going to occur. Now, if you want to know more about how to set a boundary, then we can, show, we can actually teach that to you. I would recommend, if you have not been to it already, then what you do is, what is it, somebody's on, where are our old podcasts? They're on? They're all on iTunes or Google Play. Okay, so the iTunes or Google Play, and it's under Marriage Radio, is that correct? Mm-hmm. If you go there, I did a program that's about an hour and 15 minutes long. It's all audio. I did this sometime back, but it's the definitive guide to boundaries. And if you're going to set a boundary, it will tell you exactly how to do it, which ones not to set, those kinds of things. And so if you really want to know about that, then 
then rather than trying to take an hour and 15 minutes on this program, which you do not have, I recommend that you go to Google Play or you go to iTunes, you look for Mary's Radio, and, uh, and then you look for that, the definitive job of downloads, and it will tell you step by step by step how that you set those boundaries now that you enforce those boundaries. But understand, John, that you cannot make her snap out of it. That is not going to occur. That whatever you do now, it's going to be kind of a long ride. And, and the fact that if you have been doing things that she's already been reacting negatively to, then be very careful about what you do here. It can lead you to the one that says the name. I hear the pain. I hear the hurt. I hear the desperation. But when you act out of desperation, you tend to do the wrong kinds of things. And, and rather than finding a potential solution, when you act out of desperation, you tend to push the other person away. All right. Do you mind repeating all that, but a little slower because um, I guess your your voice is on a lower register, and I can't really hear it too too well right now. Okay. Short answer. Short answer. Go to iTunes or Google Play. Look for Marriage Radio, and find the the podcast that is in this guide to boundaries. That's the place to start. Okay. Okay. And then the second thing you're saying is I can't control her. Don't try nobody, to control her actions. Nobody can control another person. And when you try to control another person, you typically push them away. Now, that doesn't mean you can't set boundaries. You can. But understand that if she's bound and determined to do something, you're, you cannot stop her from doing it. You can set the boundaries. You can set the consequences. And you hope that that works in the long run. But what you're in is the long run. Mm-hmm. There is no snapping her out of it. There is no trigger. Yeah, you know, John, the, I, I agree with Joe about the questions that you have. You know, some of them can be answered by understanding more about what we have to offer about the boundaries and the consequences and just what he was saying. But the, the next step I would encourage you to do is to get with one of our coaches. Um, not only will they be able to help you figure out the best way to instill these boundaries, these consequences, how to do that, but even to help you be able to process what's happening. And, you know, it, you, like you said, it happened a month ago, and it sounds like you're still really struggling through just accepting that it's happened to one on, on one end of it. And then that next step is, what do I do from here? And our coaches would really be able to walk with you in that and, and listen to you and help you change your frame of mind, which would be able to help overall. But, you know, there's definitely hope for your situation. This isn't something we haven't heard before, and it's not something that, we, that we're hearing now and thinking this is a lost cause, not by any stretch of the imagination. So I encourage you to get yourself good and strong, to get your mind right um, so that you can see the positives and so that you can see how you can positively move forward as well. Okay, thank you. Um, regarding interventions, mm-hmm. can they be used at any time? I mean, I was thinking because this is relatively new, if I can, if I can get um, like three strong people, I was thinking the, her, our college priest who helped marry us, and then her parents. But the only thing with her parents is I know that they're on her side because, you know, they're her parents. But I feel like if they knew that she was having an emotional affair and trying to make it physical, that they would be kind of like, hey, our you know, daughter, you know, you can't do this. 
If, if you go to them and tell them your daughter is in an emotional affair and she's about to make it physical, then uh, my guess is that that's going to work against you in the long run because of the fact that oh. it's going to be you tried to turn my parents against me. Mm. And, and so the reaction is going to be bad. Now, if no, I'm not God, I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I would predict. The interventions, I'm assuming you've been to our website, Marriage Helper, marriagehelper.com, and then you have looked for the, the page that's on interventions that not only gives that PDF you can download about how to do an intervention, but also has two 45-minute lectures that are back-to-back about how to do interventions. And you can do an intervention at any time, but it has to be done by people she respects. But if she feels like you've thrown her under the bus, mm-hmm. particularly with her parents, my prediction is that's going to work very badly for you. Yeah, I agree. I, the so intervention I, is not the place to start. Again, I would start with talking with one of our coaches, reading the articles on boundaries and consequences, listening to those podcasts, and interventions are a last resort. Oh, so. okay. I thought I, I thought I could use an intervention now to snap her out of it, but I guess you said there's no way to snap her out of it. Uh, and Nothing. We're, Nothing we're just part Sorry, what? Nothing will snap her out of it. it, it, it okay. She didn't get in it overnight. She's not coming out of it overnight. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have to think more in terms of the long run because there is no, if I do this, then everything changes immediately for the good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I had a magic wand, I promise I would use it for you, but they do not exist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And where does smart contact and pies come into this? Whew. Well, we have so many, <laughs> so many callers waiting here. I would say that you okay. go back and you look at the very uh, the other things we put out there. There's a ton of stuff out there about smart contact, about pies. You can find them on our website. You can find many podcasts on it, again, at Google Play or at the iTunes, many podcasts on the smart contact, on the on the pies and, and, and everything else that we do. Uh, smart contact would be immediately applicable but because we don't have time to explain it in detail here because there are other people asking questions, then then we do have information about that. And, and uh, even on YouTube, don't we have something on Smart Contacts on YouTube? Mm-hmm. We sure do. And so if you go to YouTube and look for Marriage Helper, that's right, Marriage Helper on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you can find even uh, things there about the Smart Contact. But I would say start doing that immediately. But understand, it is okay. not a magic tool. It does not snap people. It's a process. It's a process. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for calling, right. John. Okay. Um. Sorry. Do you mind if I just read? Okay. Oh, oh no. Sorry. Real quick though, pies. The the thing about pies is, you do your pies to work on you. And if pies is a new term to you, you're listening and you're thinking, what does that even mean? It means it. Pies stands for physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual attraction. So there are these four areas of attraction that you work on first. For you. For you. A lot of people get that backwards. They say, if I do this, it is what will bring my spouse back to me. And that's the wrong way to view it. You do it for you, and no matter what else is going on, every there's still the smart contact you're using. They still might be involved in an affair. There's all this other stuff going on around you, but you're continuing to work on your pies, no matter what, because it's the best thing for you. Yeah, no, but it may well be a factor. And mm-hmm. that person coming back, but it again, it's not a that's magic. Not your motive. It's not a magic pill. Mm-hmm. Now, you again, you do it for you. That's the primary reason. But it definitely can be a factor that influences your spouse. 
but it's not guaranteed that if you do this, all of a sudden, wow, mm -hmm. they come back begging. Yep, that's it right. It does not happen like that. So the next caller, we have Jamie from Ohio. Jamie, can you hear us okay? I can. How are you? I'm doing well, Jamie. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I, it's been a long time since I've called in. I've spoke to Joe a lot of, a lot of times. I'm so glad you guys are back on the air. Um, Thanks for calling back. I don't know. Hey, I don't know, Joe, if you remember so briefly. Um, my husband has left and 15, and I have the three children, and he still to this day avoids my oldest, the one that stood up to him. I don't right. know if you remember that. Oh, I um, remember it well. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, um, our divorce was final last month. He is still in the other state with the other woman. However, I do remember that you said, and I'm still standing, um, I would like some advice on what I could possibly do other than the pie since we don't see each other, um, to still try to hopefully reconcile or have him, you know, snap out of it, as they say. Um, but I remember one time you said, you know, you can always, not meanly, but pray him into the pig pen, and that consequences mm -hmm. would start coming. Well, back in 16, he did come back and said he left her and got an apartment here and all that, but he ended up going back. Um, since then, he lost his job. It was a good-paying job. He lost that last year. He has went all year with no job, not paying his support. Um, he owes me an insane amount in arrears, just like $34,000. Um, and now that the divorce is final, he does not see his children every other weekend. I did get custody. Um, he sees them once a month, and he's in another state. So, I mean, and when we went to the, the final court date, he still, and I don't know if this is normal, he did not even show up to sign the paper. It was phone approval. So he still couldn't finish what he started. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's normal or, you know, now that is, we're on not, the... It's not atypical, Jimmy. And I remember your story well. And I remember that you did a lot of wonderful things in terms of what you did. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I couldn't at that point have said, oh, wait a minute, Jamie, you're doing this wrong, fix it. Because I remember those conversations mm -hmm. and you were doing marvelously. And I still to this day sometimes tell people about your oldest and the strength that uh, manifested there. And, and I'm so sorry that it has been an alienation between and his father. But, you know, even... Uh, even when you do all the right things, you still make very bad decisions. And uh, it sounds to me like very bad consequences have come to him because of his decisions. And if he's still with her, if he's still doing all those things, that can all those consequences, I, I don't know what else that you do. Hopefully, at some point, he comes to himself. Hopefully, at some point, he says, wow, I've, I've got to fix this. I can't live like this anymore. But I don't know anything else that you can do. I'm telling you that, that you have done it as well as it can be done. Because I remember you well. You have done it as well as it can be done. And that's why we tell people, we give you a system. We give you a, a way to do things that if anything works, this will. If anything works, this will. And you've done it extremely well. Unfortunately, it's on decisions. Yeah. I mean, do you still think that there's hope for that? I mean, do you have 
couples that come. I know you've had one that come back divorced after 10 years, but, you know, it's just not in my heart to release it, and I don't harbor, like, bad feelings, and I know that's God. I mean, I've been to hell and back with these kids, but I still have, I still care. I don't want anything bad to happen to him, but I'm kind of praying, like, I hope she gets tired of it and kicks his butt out, you know? Like, she's had three affairs herself, like, Being with a woman that's had three affairs, I don't know. I just didn't know if there was anything else to do. I don't think there's anything different than what you've done. If it's still in your heart to stand in the way, then by all means, listen to your heart like that. Because you're doing the right things to take care of yourself. You're doing the right things to take care of your kids. If you're doing something that was damaging to you or damaging to the children, I would be suggesting, well, maybe you need to give up your stand because that's the best thing you do for you or for your kids. But, but it sounds to me like you've always done the best things you possibly could anyway. And in that scenario, yeah. as long as you can still have a, a comfortable life, what I mean is that you're not in distress, you're not in despair, that, that you're going on with life. If you're going on with life and you want to keep standing, then please do. If at some point it becomes Well, I can't say that you helped me with that, Joe. You and Kimberly in your program – you guys are the ones that got me through listening to all the podcasts and the advice. And now that you're back on air, um, that's a blessing. So, Well, I'm glad we've been of assistance. I, I have such admiration for you. I hope that someday he does come to his senses. Mm-hmm. And at some, point, at some point you decide, that's it, I'm going to end my stand. I'm telling you that you have done everything as well as it can be done, my friend. And, and kudos to you. Mm-hmm. And kudos to your oldest son. Yeah, he's, he, it's really affected him. But, I mean, to this day, it's amazing that he still, I mean, even through his pain, he still holds true to it. And you it just, you don't know how to help him because he's so upset. Like, he he doesn't even call him, by, like, dad anymore. He'll call him by his first name. Yeah. And he, my husband does not reach out to him at all. And I don't know what the, I don't know if it's because he knows exactly what he's, what he's feeling because his dad did it to him and, Maybe he feels there's yeah. no way out. I don't know. That's for him to figure out. But yeah. yeah. Well, my, my heart and my prayers are with you and with your children, and particularly your son. And uh, tell him for me that uh, Dr. Bing says you are one strong young man, and he admires you tremendously. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. Should I still? I'm still going to try to come meet you guys. I'm still holding on to hope. Nice to meet you. Well, we hope someday we do. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All righty. Yeah. I remember many times back when we used to call in program on radio. Talked to her many times. This is one remarkable woman. Yeah. Remarkable. Yeah. I do hope and pray that, that uh, her husband, her ex-husband, uh, at some point sees what's happening mm-hmm. and what he's doing to himself, to his children, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But she is remarkable, and her son is remarkable. But you know what? I, I even just listening to her, I still consider it a win for her because yes. she is so strong and the things that she has learned and how this has been a terrible situation, but she's taken it and made the lemon juice or whatever it is, lemonade. For, yeah. And yeah. if at some point she finally decides I'm going to stop my stand, she can do it with a conscience mm-hmm. that's like, I did it all and more. I'm mm-hmm. the second mile. Yep. And because of all that she's learned from this and the strength that she's developed because of it, if she chooses to move on and some other guy comes into her life, the kind of guy that she's going to attract because of who she is and what she is, mm. is going to be an awesome guy. Yeah. Now, we hope 
the marriage makes it. Absolutely. Don't misunderstand. But if God forbid it doesn't, if he doesn't come to his senses, if he never comes back and she chooses another relationship, it will be a really good relationship yeah. because of who and what she is. That's so good. That's so good. So our next caller is Amy from Tennessee and she is one of our workshop graduates. Mm -hmm. Let's see here as we try to get her live. Amy, can you hear us? I can hear you. Great. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Well, actually, I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say your... Uh, well, I have a, a standard line that typically <laughs> people say, how are you doing? I say, rocking and bobbing. So, rocking and bobbing, okay? <laughs> now, that makes Kimberly happy. I am happy. How can we help you today, Amy? Well, since we left the workshop, we have separated, and we are continuing to hurt each other. We both are vacillating, and he controls me, and I have controlled him. So mm -hmm. how do I help from being controlled as I'm codependent and hate doing things that will hurt him, but know that mm -hmm. I have to? Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a hard place to be, Amy. How long was it ago? How long ago was it when y'all came to the workshop? The end of August. The end of August, and then and since August, you have separated, and you said you feel like, or you said now you're in this kind of back and forth to where you're controlling each other. I want to make sure I understand the situation. Um, well, we both react to one another's feelings and emotions and we do hurtful things to one another and mm -hmm. since he's moved out that's something that I'm avoiding mm -hmm. and he you know he still makes an effort like to spend like we spent Hanukkah last night together and he came over but he says mm -hmm. he doesn't feel safe around me and doesn't mm -hmm. want to spend any time with me alone or talk to me. Hmm. Unfortunately, uh, because of a technical problem, I heard barely any of that. So the gist of it is that they came to the workshop in August. They have mm -hmm. since separated and they're very reactive to each other. Mm -hmm. um, so equally or I don't know if equally, but they, they're both kind of caught in a controlling situation where she'll control him, he might control her, and he said that he doesn't feel safe being around her alone. And um, May I ask, when he says he doesn't feel safe, is he afraid you're going to hurt him physically? Um, yes, that could be it. Okay, so I'm assuming from that that you have on occasion physically hurt him? Yes. And he, okay. on occasion, has physically hurt me. Hmm. Okay. Are you afraid of him now? Yes. Okay. Well, the first and foremost thing always is to be safe. And, and physically safe is definitely a part of that. And so if you don't feel physically safe around him, then, then perhaps you need to make sure that that when you are in each other's presence, other people are there. If he doesn't feel physically safe around you, then it makes sense that, that you have other people there. The only person, obviously, and you know this, so forget the redundancy, but you know the only person that you can control is you. 
And if you can cease being reactive to him. Now, that can be difficult to do if he knows where your hot buttons are. He knows the things to say that can rile you, those kinds of things. And, and stopping that kind of behavior, stopping that kind of pattern can be a tough, tough thing to do. But if you can learn how to do that, and this is, this is the place where a good therapist can, or a good counselor can be a great value to you. Not in terms of, hey, help me figure out how to save the marriage or what to do in terms of the marriage. Not that. But a therapist or counselor can help you become more in control of your own emotions so that you don't react, so that you can stay calm, you can stay strong, you can stay at peace within you. And I would think that if, if anything's going to help you now, it would be that, that you learn how to control so that you don't react to him. In, in the meantime, as you do that, you'll become calmer when you interact with him. And if you're calmer when you interact with him, if the MD is afraid of you, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, any other kind of way, the calmer and stronger you become as an individual, the more it helps to alleviate that fear. Now, he won't do it overnight. It'll be a matter where a period of time where that not only are you learning how to be more in control of your own emotions, but at the same time, as he witnesses that, it'll be a gradual change with him where he gradually will begin to trust being with you and, and being around you and that kind of stuff. So it's not going to be a short-term answer on this. But I do believe that the place to start is if you need a therapist to help you, then get him or her. If you can do it on your own, fine. But to learn how to become much, much more in control of your own emotions so you do not react to him in any shape, fashion, or form. You can always be calm no matter what he says, no matter what he does. Now, that is possible. That is doable. If you need the help, please get it. If you're doing your own, fine. But I think that's, what, I think that's the answer to this is you learning how to better control you. Does that make sense to you, Kimberly? It makes sense, yeah, to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else would you add to that, if anything? You know, I don't, I don't know much else I would add to it other than to say, Amy, it's very clear that you are, you're upset. I don't know why you're upset, but I can tell it in your voice. And if it is because of you're beating yourself up about it or you are just, unable to move past what you have done, then I want to encourage you that that you can, and it can take time and even just for yourself. I mean, when you're, when you feel guilty, if you do, and I'm not trying to put that on you, if that's not what you feel. Um, but I would, I would just encourage you to focus on that maybe as well of you don't have to be the person that no. you were. You can change. People do change and it can feel hard when you're surrounded by the people who saw you back when to feel like you can change. But, you know, I just want to encourage you in that, that, that you can, and that there is still hope for, for your marriage and that ultimately for you to get to a better place as well. Well, I have, I have a counselor I've been seeing for a year because this has been going on for a long time Mm -hmm. and I have forgiven myself. And I have Good. forgiven him. Good. And he, I do feel like it's, if I do it, it's wrong. But if he does it, it's okay. He, mm. Like, it's if, a constant. If, if, if you not do a parody. Oh, anything to hurt him or that may appear to to hurt him. Like, Okay. And you're saying if he does it, you don't see this wrong? No, I do. He doesn't. 
he doesn't. Mm. And I know I can't change him, and I can't control him. So just work on you, my friend, and hopefully at some point, hopefully at some point he begins to see that, you know, I see her growing, I see her becoming even a better person, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that has an effect on him where it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, you know, I need to do that too. Because if if in his mind he sees you as a person that's going to fight back, fire back, do things to him, then then he can mentally justify being mean to mm-hmm. you. But as you become the better person, the calmer, the more in control, with the help mm-hmm. of your therapist, or whatever, as you do that, then it becomes much, much more difficult for him to justify. Now, understand this. As you start being even a better person, becoming calmer and more in control, probably the first reaction you're going to see from him is an increase in his behavior. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's going to be mm-hmm. meaner mm-hmm. because he's yeah. going to be trying to get the same results from you he got before. Mm-hmm. And so, and so first of all, you'll see exacerbated behavior, but as you continue to grow, mm-hmm. be calm, et cetera, et cetera. Then after a while, finally it will start going the other direction. So as you're growing and developing and becoming that better person and he intensifies his behavior, don't think, well, that's no use. I might as well quit that. No, mm-hmm. no, no. That's, what you should expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Just continue to grow. Continue to be that wonderful person. And then after a while, you will see it begin to abate. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't promise that, but I'm telling you that's typically how that works. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Very true. Thank, right, you. Thank you for calling, Amy. Anything okay. else we can do for you? Remember, we're always here for you, okay? Thank you very much. Thanks, Amy. <clears throat> You know, I think that's sometimes what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. But anytime that you change behavior, the other person typically is going to exacerbate what they were doing before. They're yep. going to intensify their behavior because they're looking for that same response mm-hmm. that they typically got. And if they don't get that same response, mm-hmm. they're trying to make it happen. That's why they intensify. That's when it's it's easy just to give up and say, well, this actually didn't work. It made it worse. Mm. It appears to have made it worse, mm-hmm. but in the long run, it's actually going to make it better right. if you can tolerate that, that short-term exacerbation increase uh, in uh, intensity from the other person. Yeah, just like a toddler. What's that? <laughs> just like a toddler. When you, when <laughs> actually, it is the same psychological it's principle. It's the same psychological really principle. Is. But people can typically picture it when they're thinking about their four-year-old and trying to take, you know, trying to get them to come off of having tantrums and things like that. That's when we can say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That same principle can be applied to adults as well. Joe, I want to sprinkle in. We have a caller I want to get to. And, again, if you're calling in and you have a question, be sure to press 1 so that you can be put in the queue to to ask us a question. But I want to sprinkle in some of the questions we've been getting on Facebook because some of them are really good. This one, I, I just want you to speak on quickly. But you know, I, know. <laughs> I just thought I'd, I'd let you know yeah, okay. that's the I'll goal try. here to <laughs> be quick. Give it um, but the reason I want to ask it is because this is something I think a lot of people deal with in their situation and they don't know how to respond to it. So this, this woman says, how do I handle when my husband says he's praying for the other woman that broke up with him to come back and that God has spoken to him and said that God is going to bring her back to him, even though he knows that God does not break up marriages to start new relationships. How do I cope with that? Well, the answer you hear, and obviously it's not a theological answer, because you just said theologically you know better. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's an emotional answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if I were going to deal with that, you can do it one of two ways, obviously. One is just to teach. Now, but what I'm hearing you say is that he already knows it, so I don't know if teaching is going to help. 
teaching would be you open your Bible and say, Look here, God, it's divorce. Jesus said, If you lust after another woman, then your own spouse are committing adultery. Over in the epistles, it says that the marriage bed should be on the file. And, and you can show all those passages of the list saying, Look, God's not sending her back to you because right. God does not contradict himself. If God contradicted himself, then he wouldn't be God. As a matter of fact, interestingly, if you start looking at the scriptures and often be preaching here, if you're not looking for which characteristics of God's mentioned most in the Bible, and we can say things like God is love, etc. But the one mentioned most throughout the scripture is God's holiness, mm-hmm. which means to be without sin. In other words, God doesn't do anything wrong. And and as Paul was uh, actually looking at the book facts, God doesn't need that sin. He doesn't like ignore it or say, oh, I get it, I understand. Sin is sin. And so you can try teaching sin. Okay, let's just look at the book. Now, if you do that, if you try that effort, I would do it conversationally. Let me study these passages together. Let's read them together. And that kind of lends into the second thing, which is then you start asking questions like, well, based on your understanding, why would God die in his own word? Based on your understanding, why would God do something different for you than he does for the rest of humanity when he says this is what should happen? You know, whatever God has joined together, let not man put a son That's right there in the book. That shall not commit it over. That's one of the big ten. That's in the book. And so just ask questions saying, how can you conclude that God said he would bring her back to you if these scriptures all say this? Now, if you do it judgmentally, if you do it preaching, then he's probably going to have back later. If you do it openly, genuinely, warmly, kindly, like just help me understand, just help me understand, and you really are doing it that way rather than cannot be the point, then maybe you can get them to see it. But understand that what you're hearing here is not logic, but you're hearing those emotions. And it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult to overcome emotions with logic. Mm-hmm. Even if the logic is scripture. Yeah. Now, uh, the woman may or may not come back. I don't uh, but if he suspects God to send her back, mm-hmm. it ain't going to happen. God's definitely not going to send this woman back. Now, you know, I, sometimes I get kind of strong with people if they get tell me things like that, but it's only if I have a relationship with them where I can, and I you know, can be pretty bold and come back, in, back into the, what they say. I would suggest that you not try that, mm-hmm. that you do it calmly and gently. Don't you think some of this might be him grieving it? And so this is a this could just very well be a reaction of maybe God's going to send her back because I'm hurting and God must not want me to hurt this much, you know the pain, all of that kind of stuff. And so again, to Joe's point, I don't I don't know that I'd try to argue it with him because it could just be something that's going to last for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, but something he will work through in a process of grief. Yeah, I wouldn't latch onto this too much right now. Yeah. Now, if you want to try to answer it, I, I gave you a couple of suggestions as to how to do it. Mm-hmm. Another thing is just be look at him and go, I understand that you're hurting, which is really, as Kimberly said, what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I understand that you're hurting. And then just leave it at that and then let things progress as they will. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good concept in general of a lot of these things our spouses say that we react to and that, we, and that really upset us. And we feel like this is an emergency. I have to do something to address it. Yep. I mean... If you think about it in terms of your marriage not being in crisis, how many times women, because I'm a woman and this has happened to me, has your husband come home and said, I'm going to buy something that's really expensive, like a, I want a motorcycle. This is my husband's kick. I'm going to get a motorcycle. Okay. I used to fight with him about it. You can't get a motorcycle until I realized he's not actually going to go buy one. 
he might one day. But the more I fight with him about it, the more he grounds his feet in when really it was just a passing thought. But then when we're in crisis, it's, oh, I need to react to this. You might not need to react to it. Yeah, that's a very good point right there, Kimberly. Sometimes that process of just saying, I understand that you're hurting. Mm-hmm. Because if you do argue and he hears it as an argument, you tend to lock him into it. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to lock him into it. Mm-mm. Not at all. All right, Joe, our next caller is Jasmine from California. Jasmine, can you hear us okay? Hi, yes. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm actually really glad I get to talk to you guys again. I called about a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. when I called, I was in a very different place, I have to say. I had just started the Save My Marriage course. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I was listening to Josh earlier, and he he seemed to be where I was, where where I wanted mm-hmm. was just to get my husband to snap out of it. And, mm-hmm. and I realized now that, you know, I was really acting out of desperation. And mm-hmm. um, going through the mm-hmm. course, I also remember saying to Joe, I'm speeding through it. And he's like, well, don't do that. <laughs> the point is to take mm-hmm. your time. And right. I was like, well, I don't have the time, but then I realized why not, you know? Yeah. So I started to take the course, and as I dig more into it, I realized that it, well, it has helped me so much, and taking the time is what has helped me the most uh, because it has helped me, you know, think and respond better to my emotions and everything. So Um, At the time when I started the course, I decided I'm not going to have any contact with with him because we had kind of seen each other, and I don't know if you remember, but I mentioned that when we were together, we have no problem having um, intimacy like sex, and it it goes great, but then after after that, he kind of usually has a like a weird reaction, and the last time was he totally ignored me even though I was if I was calling or texting. So after that, I decided, like, you know what, I, I, I can't, I don't know what to do anymore. That's when I started the course. And then that's when everything changed for me. I felt more confident. I started to feel like I had more control. And then somehow um, I also watched the smart contact video a few times. And I remember, you know, Kimberly, you mentioned on that video, you know, one of the reasons why you would contact is if you have common business. And Mm -hmm. so I decided after almost a month to reach out to him about some common business, which is going through my citizenship process. And I needed some some information from him. Mm -hmm. And so he was actually at first, um, he responded and said, hey, yes, I'm out of town. I barely have any signal here. I'll get back to you. And yes. normally I would get back to him and say, hey, are you back? You know, but this time I didn't. And I waited and a few, mo- a few days went by and he reached back and he said, hey, sorry, I didn't get back to you. I was out again. I'm sorry. What did you need? And then I said, oh, let's talk. Um, how about tomorrow? I'm out of town as well. Anyway, so he, he started to do everything he was saying, where a month ago he was totally brushing me off and not responding or not getting back to me when he said he oh, was. That's a huge win. So, that's awesome. Yeah, so now he said, hey, I'm out of the gym. Do you, need, do you want to talk? So I said, yes. I called him. 
And so we started talking about what I needed, and he was very responsive. Um, we, I said, hey, one of the things that will help through my citizenship process is if we actually share our insurance, our health insurance, because we don't have that together right now, and right now it's open enrollment. And so he said, yeah, of course, if, if that's what you need, of course, let's do that. And then he started mm-hmm. asking, how's your job? Do you like it? Um, what are you been doing? And, and I was like, what is happening? Um, and then he started like venting about his job and I was like, okay, sure. Like listening. You just stayed that safe place for him. Let him, let him talk. Yeah. So I literally, all of it, I like to think, yeah, all I could think of was all the things that you guys have said. And that was in my mind, like, that's never going to happen. But it was happening. And then at the end of the call, do you want to go for dinner? And I was like, oh, sure. Well, at first I was like, I'm not sure. I didn't want to jump right in. But then I said, yeah, let's let's, let's try to work something out. Because he lives in L.A. I live in San Diego, like Los Angeles. He lives in San I live in San Diego. So So he said, I'm going to be close. What I'm hearing you say is that following the principles and the course have worked really well for you. Yeah, it has worked really, really well. Is there some way we can help you today? What can we do for you? Yes. Sorry, yes. So I guess now what has happened is that, again, he's in Los Angeles, I'm in San Diego. And something, and I used to live in Los Angeles as well, but so my previous job has a position, and they sort of reached out and they said, hey, we don't know how you're doing down there, but there's a position we think you could be great. Um, would you consider coming back to Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. And I have considered moving to Los Angeles before, but then I realized that the only reason I was doing that is because I wanted to be where he was. And I didn't want him to feel like I was chasing him. Um, or feel even more overwhelmed than what he already was. So mm-hmm. now that there's this opportunity, I, I don't know, is that still the same situation where he might feel I'm chasing him if I mm-hmm. go back sure. and I kind of want to talk to him about it, like, hey, you know, I think that's a great idea. what is going on. What do I, I think that's <laughs> an awesome idea. I think that's exactly right. Your intuition here is good. You're, you're, you are interested in the job, correct? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Since you are interested in the job, I think it's a brilliant idea to make contact with him and say, hey, I just want your opinion on something. Now, what I would not do, if it were I, I wouldn't say, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid if I take this job, you'll think I'm chasing you. I wouldn't imply that in any shape, fashion, or form. Mm-hmm. If I were to ask the right. question of him, if it were I, I'd do it like this. Hey, I've been given an opportunity in L.A. It's really intriguing to me, but I, I want to talk to somebody who knows me and whose judgment I trust that I can give you some ideas about this job and help and see if you can help me think it and talk to him as if he were a job counselor. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so that it uh-huh. nice then whatever interaction you have, he's not going to hear it as you're chasing him. He's going to hear it as, Hey, I'm helping her think through what to do about her career. And that way, if you wind up taking the job, he's not going to see it as you chasing him because he himself helped you think it through. Right. Right, That's right. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so I think yeah. your instinct there is good. Talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, I was hesitant about it, and I didn't know how to approach it. So we do still share a storage unit together, and mm-hmm. um, and we still have a joint account. So things, 
you know, uh, so my first reaction was, okay, I'm going to tell him, like, hey, there's this job, and I kind of want to talk to you about our in-store situation, but I think I like what you're suggesting better, to kind of put yeah. him, like, hey, you know me well, what helped me? Exactly. Would you help me exactly. think it through? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a brilliant okay. approach. You sound like a okay. pretty sharp person to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Absolutely. I, I can't tell you how much the course has helped me. And I think yes. eventually, depending on how things go, my ultimate goal would be to invite him to the to the workshop. But I think right. I think yeah. we're not there yet. I yeah, want to have a time. little bit more uh, right. interaction with him and then invite him and yeah. see how that goes. That's perfect. Perfect. You take your we time. Have 26 workshops next year, so there's no rush to get to any of them. But, yeah, when you do come, then call us. Let us know you're coming, and we would love to meet yeah, you, and, to meeting you and be sure that, that, that we're there that weekend. I would love to do that, Jasmine. Thank you so much for calling. Of course. I have one slight question, just very small. So my right now this week actually marks the six months that we're separated, and I, mm-hmm. sometimes I do feel like, gosh, is that being too long? Should I – be worrying a little bit about that it's taking time and maybe no. try to go to that workshop a little bit sooner well, than later. I mean, think of it this way, Jasmine, you just started. So the separation, you can, the length of time it's been has just been the length of time it's been, but you haven't started really working on making things better until the past few weeks. Right. I mean, going through the save my marriage yeah. course, implementing these principles and huge change is already happening. So I wouldn't even worry. I wouldn't even think about the six months because it, 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 it's just a number at this point. It doesn't really matter. What matters is what's happening right now, and it's good, positive movement forward. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, thank you right. so much, guys. Thank you, okay. Jasmine. Thank you. Take care. Have a awesome. good one. Bye. You too. I like her. I do too. I love <laughs> hearing callers like that that have invested in and not just in our save my marriage course but just listening to the material implementing it they're seeing positive change and it makes such a difference in their personal lives Mm -hmm. and in their marriages awesome i love it this is why we do what we do all right joe we have a couple of other callers um in between this one i want to ask one more question i know we're we're about to run out of time on the program but someone earlier on facebook they said i've really been struggling with triggers from my husband's affair do you have any advice for dealing with these what do you think that means i think it means and i i know this person a little bit so i can okay. i think i have a little bit of an idea of what it means um she's dealing right now with there are things so they've come to our workshop okay um they're they're still living together i don't know that her husband has said that he's wanting to reconcile per se mm-hmm. but i think his affair is over and but there's things that he's starting to do again now that are reminding her of when he was in the affair. Um, maybe some lying, some things like that. And so I think the question is like, how do I deal with the things he might be doing that might be triggering that he might be in it again, and or just things that are popping up that are reminding her of it, period. If it's something that he's doing, then it becomes really highly dependent upon where they are in the process. Okay. If, if, for example, you have enough of a relationship that it matters to him what you feel or what you think, the way you do with triggers, he's doing something is, okay, I'm not trying to accuse you of anything. 
because once you start accusations, the other person becomes defensive and you don't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So rather than accusing them, you can say, you know, when that happens, it hurts because it reminds me of. Mm -hmm. When Alice and I got back together, for example, um, of course, it's been a while now since we got back together in many years. But uh, anytime I noticed that I a song on the radio came on, it was rather the group Chicago, she began to react negatively to it. And so I just asked her, and she said, well, when we were divorced, I went to see the Chicago concert, and it just reminds me of all those times. And so it was like, okay, if that's what that's doing to you, then I understand. And if we're riding along now, and I like to listen to the music of that era, if indeed it comes on Chicago, I just can't stand it. And so what do you do? What do you say? Well, the point here is that you can say, when, when this happens, I feel this hurt. And so would you, out of sensitivity to my hurt, my pain, et cetera, would you please do this differently? And if you're in a place where he cares about what you feel, that might be just enough to deal with whatever triggers come up. Now, if you say it to like tons of things, after a while it becomes, uh, what can I do? I'm just have to give up. So I would pick things that really, really do bother me. I would make them as cute as I possibly could be. So he doesn't feel like, oh my goodness, I can't breathe, I can't talk, I can't do anything without hurting him. But then you make it, okay, just let me help you understand how I feel when that happens. That's if he's doing something, and if he does care about what you feel, then that's what you do with it. If it's other stuff that this happens, like you happen to ride by a holiday in somewhere, and you know that at some point he was in a holiday in with her somewhere, then that's the kind of thing you should have to deal with. And if you go by, just acknowledge it. Hmm. Okay, I hurt when I see that. I acknowledge the fact that I hurt. Now I can move on. And, and just don't dwell on it. Don't stay with it. Don't let it ruminate. Just accept it. Okay, that's why I hurt. That reminds me of this. Now, let me move on to the next thing. That's actually part of a process called mindfulness. And because you can't remove those triggers. If it seems like that, they exist. If, for example, it was a holiday end, they're always going to be holiday ends. So then you just acknowledge it, admit it, and then decide to move past it. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Joe, we have two more callers I want to get to before we end our show. This next one is Shelby from Texas. I believe she has a question about the third stage of limerence. Shelby, can you hear us okay? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Sure can. Okay. Um, so just, like, I'm going to give, like, really quick background just so that way um, you know. But my, So my husband left me in March. Um, and moved in with another woman who I had suspected he was having an emotional affair with. Um, he It turned, obviously, physical after he left me. Um, he came back at the very end of April, uh, tears and snot and all that, and told me that she was pregnant and mm-hmm. that he wanted to come back home, so I took him back. So we basically mm-hmm. went from, like, not talking to all of a sudden we were married again. Um, things were good for a little while. He had no contact with her, um, but then he started to feel guilty about her being pregnant and him having no contact. And um, so in July, he started contacting her again and then ended up leaving me again in October. Um, after about three weeks into this separation, he started contacting me again, um, wanting intimacy, wanting to talk to me about how he says she's crazy and she's this and she's that, and he regrets everything. So I feel like um, he's in the third stage of limerence of where he's starting to figure out like what he's losing with me and my son. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I feel like he's in a valley because he feels obligated for her because she's uh, next week she's having this baby and he doesn't, he feels guilty about leaving her, but he tells me he wants to be back with me 
and we're just like in this place where he he tells me he loves me he calls me whenever he's at work he's a police officer so he's able to have that kind of flexibility um but whenever she's around he's like really cold and distant towards me and I don't really know what I'm supposed to do to sway him my direction like I, I told him I will be okay with being a stepmother to this child I can do that if that's what it takes. But I just don't know what to do as far as getting him on my side again. Okay. Here's a suggestion, okay? You're still – I mean, if you contact him and say, I want to talk, he would come and talk. Is that correct? Yes, for sure. Okay. All right. Then here's a suggestion. Now, I'm not saying this is the be-all, end-all answer, okay? Here's a suggestion. Sit him down and say, I know that you love me. And I know that you want to be with me, and I want to assure you that I love you, and I want to be with you as well. I also understand that you feel great obligations toward this child, and I think that's admirable because you are part of the creation or procreation, I should say, of this child, and I think it's admirable that you want to do that. And so here's what I want you to do. I want us to figure out how you can come back home and be my husband, and we together, the two of us together, can help you fulfill whatever obligations you have to that child. In other words, I'm going to be on your side. I'm going to help you think this through. I'm going to be part of your team to help you figure out how to deal with this baby. So what, what I'm suggesting you're doing is that in his mind, he, he actually comes around and sits on your side of the table and she is on the other side of the table because it's like, I can help you think this through. I'm going to be with you. And so let's think about this. Let's think about that, that kind of stuff so that he becomes, uh, you become his ally. You already are. But you become his ally in the right. sense that he can talk about all these things, and that helps alleviate his guilt because you're saying, I admire the fact that you're going to fulfill your obligations to the child, if, if indeed you yeah. do it a lot. And, and therefore, let's go ahead now. But, but the best thing to do is that you need to come home because I'm on your side. She's not, based on what he, you just said he's saying about her. She's not on your side. I am. So come here, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there with you and help you do this stuff. And, and if he starts seeing you guys as a team like that, I think that that would be a really wise approach if you can, if you can pull that off that way. Yeah, so the thing I'm afraid of is that I told him before that, because like, whenever he came back, the first time we separated, he told me, like, he was very honest about it and upfront. Like, I didn't find out any way other than from him. And um, mm-hmm. so he knew from the get-go, he just feels like, I know that guilt is a huge part of it. He actually told me, like, it would be easier for me to come back if I knew that you had been with somebody else. But I won't do that. Yeah. Like, that's not something I will do. Yeah. And he's like, I just can't believe I've messed this up so much. And mm-hmm. so I, he knows that I'm on his team, that I'm on mm-hmm. his side. It's just, like, I don't know what it is that's keeping him so I, – I know it's the guilt, I guess. I don't know. Guilt is a sense of responsibility, without a doubt. And, you know, being responsible to that child, and therefore, what does he owe her, if anything? Actually, you know, he shouldn't have done what he did. What he did was wrong and bad in every sense of the word. But the fact that he feels some responsibility toward actually is a good thing. And so, in addition to making sure, hey, I'm going to help you think through how you fulfill your obligations and responsibilities. You might want to study guilt with him. And if you wish, if you think he'll do it with you, I'll send you a copy of my book, Getting Past Guilt. And it can be a book that you two, you and your husband, go through together. You know, I know you feel guilty. Uh, and let's work through this book about how you get past your guilt. And then you work through it a chapter at a time together talking about it. 
the more you do that puts him on your side of the table, the better off you're going to be. And, and that would help him alleviate his guilt, help him know, hey, I can still fulfill my responsibility, but I can do it being with you. And, and that's really what, what he needs. I want to fulfill my responsibilities to the child. But, hey, okay, the best way you can do that is to be by my side, not by her side. And we'll study together how to get past the guilt you feel for what you did. And so if you want, you just let us know, and I'll send you a copy of my book. Uh, it might be up to you if you think that he would work through it with you. Uh, yeah, I think I think that would be a good idea because I like I like I said he told me like he legitimately said it would be easier if I knew that you were with somebody else. Yeah, and I just can't cool. do that. <laughs> well, thank you. I think that would be good. Okay, we're going to put you back on hold, and, and you, uh, uh, I don't know if, if uh, Cassie can hear us or not. Mm-hmm. Hey, if Cassie can hear us, I'm going to put uh, ask us, uh, her to go back on hold, and you get her address, and we'll send a copy of getting past the to her. Okay. Mm. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Shelby. You're very welcome. She has the right attitude. She's a strong woman right there. I'm willing to be her, the stepmom to this baby. That's, I mean, that's the right way to view it. She is a strong human mm-hmm. being. She is. Right now. All right. Last caller that we're taking is Olivia from Pennsylvania. Olivia, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? We sure can. How are you doing, Olivia? I'm doing fine, and I, <laughs> I must tell you, I, um, I talked to you, I think it was the last time you were on live, and my question at that time was, um, you know, how long to, you should, like, wait in the valley, you know, when's the time to set boundaries, mm-hmm. and um, anyway, I don't know, since that call, it just so happens that I am just seeing so much changes in my husband, and... Mm. I wasn't going to call in a very good way, and I wasn't going to call, but then when I heard others calling in and saying kind of the same thing, like, you know, the the same question I had, I thought, I need to call, and just to encourage others, I do have a problem, but it's a good one, Um, just to encourage others, because I found out about the affair in January of 2013, so... yeah, it's 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 a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and, over five years. Yeah, yeah, it's actually gonna be six years because uh, it was January first of two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. So wow. um, I did all the wrong things, crying, begging, pleading, because I didn't know mm-hmm. any better. But it was about two years into it when, through another program, I I found out. I need to work on myself, you know. So I actually started working on pies before I knew it was called pies. <laughs> but um, so after all these years, like four years later, it, I mean, I'm really only now starting to see some really good fruits. <laughs> I mean, I he last night. This this sounds minor to people who have good marriages, but. This is major to me. Last night we went away somewhere, and well, yesterday during the day we had fun in the kitchen together. I mean, it was just a fun time. And yeah. he was doing all the cooking, and I was just washing the dishes. Yeah. And anyway, so I was telling someone how great a cook he is, you know. And and I said I didn't really do anything. And then he said, Oh no, you were washing the dishes. And I was like. He acknowledged me? I mean, he never does that. I mean, never. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I don't even know how to respond to that. I mean, it's like, oh, I guess thanks, you know. Yeah. And, and well, then anyway, as we were leaving, he went out ahead of me, and I was still talking to someone. And mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be mad at me because he was waiting out there for a little while. But instead, when I came out, I'm almost going to cry. Mm. He was standing there with his flashlight. He was afraid I'd trip and fall because it was dark outside. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, he never did anything like that for me before. Mm. Like, he's, and, and like I said, I almost feel like I don't know what to do. I don't. Mm. Um, I said thanks. And yet, in some ways, I'm like, I want to say more than that. I want to tell him how special he made me feel. Mm-hmm. And yet, I'm thinking, is that a push? <laughs> you know, my, yeah. In that I situation, know. I don't think it's a push. In that situation, if you just say, thank you, that makes me feel very special, without a whole lot of is elaboration. It, is, it, is it okay so to say it now, like a whole day later, like to say, it, you know, you if really you, made me if, feel special? If you say it succinctly. Don't go into great details because that's when it winds up being a push. But if you were to say something right. like, hey, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you standing there. It made me feel special. Boom. End of it. Okay. I think that's pretty good. You agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to try to do it without crying. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, yeah. my biggest thing was to let people know that, I mean, yeah, I, I'm okay with waiting um, in the valley, and I too like question, like, what can I do to hurry it up, you know? Mm-hmm. But since I felt okay not doing anything, mm-hmm. I, it almost seems more um, real since I didn't mm-hmm. set a boundary. And I realize some people have mm-hmm. to set boundaries, but yeah, since do. I didn't have to set a boundary, it's like he's not doing it because I set the boundary, right. you know? Right. He I'm might happy be doing for it. It sounds like things are going in great directions for you, so I'm so happy for you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. I thank and thank you, you for guys are a great help. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love it. Thank you so much, Olivia. Thank you. And and by the way, I mean, if you ever whomever is listening or watching, if you ever call into us and and you uh, feel emotions, don't hesitate. Don't be embarrassed. And we're human beings, and we feel emotions, and we're certainly not going to sit in judgment on, on emotion. Now, judgment? If, no. Crying with you? Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if your emotion turns into, you know, like total anger, and you start cussing out your spouse, we'd probably stop you from that. <laughs> but, uh, well, more than probably, we would have to stop you from that. But it's okay to be human. It's okay to be real. And, and by the way, that's why none of us do this thing perfectly. Nobody does it perfectly, Mm-mm. but you can do it well. Yeah, absolutely. We had, I mean, today was just very encouraging with the callers we've had. Mm-hmm. Great movement forward in people, great things that have happened. And so I hope that as we are ending the show, if nothing else, you're able to take that and say, you know what, these people, some of them for six years have been fighting with this and standing with this and doing the right thing, but look at the change that's happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of hope. It's a lot yeah. of hope. And typically it doesn't take nearly that long. No. But, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed at her strength. 
Absolutely. Very strong people. Well, thank you all for joining us on today's show. If We'll be here again next week at 1230. So you can call in, press one to talk to us next week. And we'll also be on Facebook as well. But yeah, we 1230 Central Time. Yeah. Because people all over the world are watching this. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone lives in Nashville, although it feels like it with our traffic but but yes and if there's anything we can do or help you with in the meantime then please give us a call you can call our offices here at 866-903-0990 or you can visit us online you can go to our website at marriagehelper.com you can go watch our youtube videos at youtube.com slash marriagehelper you can visit our facebook page there's every way you can think of to get a hold of us. We're real people. We really care for you and we are absolutely here for you. So until next time, have a great week and we'll see you next Monday. You like it?